This is Job part four. Uh, the last we heard from Job or the last we were in Job, I believe we ended up, um, we finished chapter two. So we're starting right now uh, in chapter three. Hopefully you got a chance to read it um, if, or had a chance to go back and listen to, uh, to part three just so you can be caught up. But if not, that's fine. Just go back and listen to it again. Oh, and I forgot to mention, so I, I, I didn't realize that Impact wasn't on Apple Podcasts, um, but it is now or at least it's been submitted now. So I think it takes a day or two for it to be on there, but it's on Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcasts and the website, stuff like that. All right, so we're starting um, Job chapter three. So uh, yeah, Job part four, this is uh, uh, chapter three is where we're starting. Again, we're going to read verse by verse and I'll pick, pick a few things up. Um, so let's start at chapter uh, chapter three, verse one. I am reading from the NLT simply because the way we're doing this verse by verse and reading it, it's, it's easier to read and uh, uh, to understand uh, then some of the other translations. And so that's why I'm choosing NLT, but, you know, choose to read it from whatever translation you, you know, want to uh, read it from. Uh, verse one, at last Job spoke and he cursed the day of his birth. Now, before we get into what he said, uh, uh, understand what he says. He says, at last Job spoke, meaning this stuff happened to Job and so much was going on um, in, in these tests. And his, th- his three f- friends came to him and his three friends it said shared in his anguish. And then it says, at last Job spoke, meaning that there was a period of time that went by that Job didn't even say anything with all this stuff that was happening, that all this stuff happened. Job didn't open his mouth. He didn't have one word to speak. And sometimes that happens to us. Listen, sometimes you can't articulate what you feel. Sometimes the pain hits so deep that you can't even speak what it is that you feel. Sometimes, you know, we say I'm left speechless. Sometimes you're left speechless. Watch this. And we can't even speak on something immediately. Now, sometimes, watch this, that's the best thing for us. That the fact that, that, that I have nothing to say about this, I don't have the words to say it. We should feel comfortable in situations that we don't always have to respond right away. We don't always have to open our mouths right away. Sometimes it is control, sometimes it's self-control, but sometimes it is because we're hurt. And sometimes it is because it's deep and it's painful. And sometimes it is because we're confused and don't know what to say. And we may feel like, well, maybe something's wrong with me. Or I need to say something or I need to fight back. Or I need to No, sometimes it's okay not to say anything. Job had all this stuff going on. On, and Job couldn't even muster up the words to say anything. Uh, it, it, I mean, I think it maybe I don't know if it was self-control, but I know he went through a whole lot of stuff and maybe he just didn't have anything to say. He just couldn't muster up the strength to say something. And I think sometimes we go through things in life like that where it's just we I just don't know how to answer this. I just don't know what to say. And sometimes that's OK. And we need to be comfortable with that. We need to be OK with that uh, uh, and not to try to force anything out or not try to you know uh, 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 speak too soon. Sometimes it's best for us not to to what? Say anything. Then it says, and he cursed the day of his birth. We want to read a little bit right here. He says, uh, verse three, let the day of my birth be erased and the night I was conceived. Let the day that turned to darkness, uh, let that day be turned to darkness. Let it be lost even to God on high and let no light shine on it. Okay, so we hear how upset and we hear how down he is about this, where he's cursing the day that he was born. Verse five, he says, let the darkness and utter gloom claim that day of its own. Uh, Let a black cloud overshadow it and let the darkness terrify it. It says, let that night be blotted off the calendar, never again to be counted among the days of the year, never again to appear among the months. Let that night be childless. Let it have no joy. Let those who are experts at cursing whose cursings could rose uh, the, the leadeth in, curse the day. Uh, let its morning stars remain dark. 
Let it hope for light, but in vain. May it never see morning light. So we see he is literally, he is, he is cursing. He wishes that he was never born. He's at the point that right now that when he does finally speak, what comes out of his mouth is the fact that I wish I was never here. I wish I wasn't on this earth. I wish that I was never born. He curses the day that he was born. He goes on to say, curse the day for uh, failing to shut my mother's womb, let, uh, for letting me be born to see all this trouble. Why wasn't I born dead? Why didn't I die as I came from the womb? Why was I laid on my mother's lap? Why did she nurse me at her breast? Had I died at birth, I would now be at peace. I would, I would be asleep at rest. I would rest with the world's kings and prime ministers whose great buildings now lie in ruins. Isn't it interesting that Job we saw was a man who for most of his life was blessed beyond measure, okay? Watch this. Job, and we read it in the first part of this book, was a person who, 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 who was faithful, who God found no fault with, who, 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 who uh, had a family, who had cattle, who had all this stuff. And by all measures, he was blessed from, from relationships, from family to possessions and all this stuff for most of his life. And now he's in this short period of time, right, relative to the amount of time that he's lived, where he's facing hardships, unbelievable hardships. But it made him not even think about or cancel out all the other years of blessings that he had prior to this. And sometimes that's what we go through, where where, where forget all the things God has done, forget all the time he's come through. I see you, Mom. Forget all the things he pulled me out of. Forget the fact that for most of my life, I have seen God been faithful, that for most of my life, I've seen his word be true. I've seen him pull me out of thing after thing after thing. I've seen him provide after provide after provide. I've seen everything that I need be. And so, but now that I'm going through this, forget all of the things I would rather not even be alive. When truth of the matter is for most of his life, he has experienced the goodness of God. He's experienced the provision of God. He's experienced all these things that God has brought his way. But now that he's into this, this period of time where he is now going through trouble, he is cursing the day that what? That he was alive. And sometimes that happens with us to where all the good that we see and all the good that we've experienced and all the good that we have and all the times that God has brought us out, even in hard times, we forget about that because of the moment that we are going through something uh, uh, and as devastating as it was for Job, he still was blessed most of his life. But this one short time is making him to, I would even say maybe overreact, wishing that he was no longer here. All right, here we go. Let's keep going. Verse 15, I would rest with princes, rich in gold, whose palaces were filled with silver. Why wasn't I buried like a stubborn child, like a baby who never lives to see the light? For in death, the wicked cause no trouble. That at least if I'm dead, bad things and bad people can't do anything to me. Watch this. And the weary are at rest. Even captives are at ease in death with no guards to curse them. Now he's saying, look at all these people who are better off dead than alive. And why am I now still alive? Okay. So now for him, this little bit of trouble have him thinking that even death is better than life. Watch this. He says, even captives uh, are at ease in death with no guards to curse him. 19, rich and poor are both there and the slave is free from his master. Even the slave is free from his master in death. Listen listen to him going on and on. Oh, why give light to those in misery and life to those who are bitter? Like why even give life to the people who are suffering and the ones who are, who are misery? He's, he's basically talking about himself, right? They long for death and it won't come. They search for death more eagerly uh, than for hidden treasure. They are filled with joy when they find 
finally die and rejoice when they find the grave. This thing, this, listen, he is all the way upset and all the way down. I would even say that perhaps he's got a depression thing going on here. Um, uh, the, perhaps he's got a, a, a mental thing going. It's definitely weighing heavy on his emotions and we can see it. And truth be told, we go through these emotions sometimes ourselves. Watch this. He says, I cannot eat for, uh, for, for, for sighing. My groans pour out like water. Remember, this is one of the wisdom books and we see some of the poetry in it. He says, what I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, only trouble comes. And so we see he's going through this whole thing um, uh, now where he's not even wanting to be born. Two things to point out here is that he did curse the day that he that he was born, but he did not curse God. Remember that that was the challenge that the enemy had, that if I were to do this, he would curse you. And so Job, despite going through this emotional uh, roller coaster, understandably being down, possibly even depressed and, and, and wishing that he was dead, that, that, that it wasn't about wanting to be dead. It wasn't about being upset. It wasn't about cursing the day he was born. It was about cursing God. And he still had not done that. I see you, Ma. And so even when we're upset and even when we're mad and even when we're confused and we don't know what's going on, that Job still chose not to curse God, even at the expense of cursing what the day that he was born. Now, if I could pull your attention to chapter three, we're in chapter three already, but chapter three, verse 25 and 26, uh, I want to pay some attention here because it's really interesting uh, where he says, what I've always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. I have no peace, no quietness. Uh, I, I have no rest. I, only trouble comes. Now, I've heard it taught and have been taught and have heard it this way several times that the reason that the, the door opened up this way on Job uh, for the enemy to come in was because of this statement here, that if he hadn't had any fear of anything happening, that that this wouldn't have happened to him and that all, you know, um, that that fear is what opened the door for this. And, and we can't walk in fear because you see what happened with Job that, you know, that it was the fear that allowed the enemy to come in. That's not what the Bible says. OK, like the, like the, the Bible is clear as to what happened, that 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 for whatever reason, you know, God allowed the enemy to do this to him. And and whether I, I don't understand why he would let him do it. I don't know why God even brought up Job's name in a conversation with the enemy. I don't even know how the writer of this book understood how this whole thing went down. I mean, he didn't say he was there in the vision. He didn't say the spirit of the Lord told him. He just kind of wrote it this way. Right. And so that whole exchange, I don't understand. But the fear of so what happens is now we think okay man if i walk around here and i'm and i'm afraid of this or afraid of that or cautious about this i'm giving the enemy place because of the story of Job. No, 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 no. That's, listen, that's not why this happened. The Bible is literally clear as to why the enemy was able to do this in Job's life, because the Lord allowed it to happen, okay? And so when we read that verse, we say, oh, well, you know, what I always feared has happened to, uh, has, has happened to me. That's, that's not why this has happened to him, okay? Because he feared something. And so I don't, because I don't want anyone walking around. I mean, because there are ways to combat fear. As a matter of fact, I think we did a lesson on that. And if anybody want to do more lessons on fear, just hit me in the text chat and let me know. And we'll do something on fear. But don't, I don't want anyone walking around here thinking, oh, well, the enemy's going to do something bad to me because I'm afraid of this. Um, uh, I know perfect love casts out fear. Like, like, you know, but fear is an emotion that some of us have, right? But you can be afraid and still go for it. But we'll get into fear later. But I've heard it taught that way. It's just that the Bible doesn't say that, okay? I see you, Natasha. Uh, so let's move on to, um, uh, uh, to chapter four. And this is one of Job, uh, uh, Job's friends, his first response to him, okay? Now watch this, chapter four. He says, then, uh, then Eliphaz, uh, the Temanite, responded to Job, uh, will you be patient and let me say a word? Saying, listen, you're doing a lot of talking. Can you please be quiet 
and let me jump in here, okay? And so he said, he said, he said, let me say a word. For who could keep uh, from uh, from who could keep from speaking out uh, in the past? Watch this. this. Is what I love. Watch this. Verse three. He says, in the past, you have encouraged many people. You have strengthened those who were weak. He says, your words have supported those who were falling. You encourage those with shaky knees. But now, when trouble strikes, you lose heart. Watch this. He says, you are terrified when it touches you. Doesn't your reverence for God gives you confidence? Doesn't your life of integrity give you hope? Let's just stop right there. Sometimes we find ourselves in those situations, Morel, where I can sit here and encourage you all day long and let you know Morel is going to be all right. Morel, God's got your back. Oh, let me tell you, Natasha, he's going to do this. God's got, but, and I can encourage you and encourage you and encourage you, but I can't encourage myself when something happens. And this is what Job's friend is telling him. He's like, when anyone else needs advice, when everyone else needs encouragement, when everyone else needs to be strengthened, you are great at strengthening everybody else. But now that when it comes to you, you can strengthen yourself. Two things there. Make sure you, number one, have somebody in your life that can help strengthen you. And then number two, maybe sometimes there's people who aren't around and you need to get you need to get in the practice and get into the into I see you see here, get into the practice and get into the habit of encouraging yourself. OK, it, what if Job could have been Job to himself? Listen, wait, that's right. Where's my faith in God in my situation? I see you. Mom. What if what if the encourager that is in me when I'm encouraging Charmaine can show up when I need encouragement? OK, because. And it's cool to have Charmaine there when I need to be encouraged. It's great to have Morel there to text me when I need to be encouraged, but they're not always available. And I can blame the church for not being available. Oh, I can blame my pastor. My pastor didn't wake up and call me back at one o'clock in the morning when I really, really, really needed him. I can blame my pastor. And, and so then we try to wear these badge of honors where we try to be everything for everybody 24-7. When the truth of the matter is none of us can be everything for everybody 24-7. There's going to be a time where you're going to get up, Charmaine, and you're going to need the help of God. And I may not be able to be there, but there is an encourager inside of Charmaine who has encouraged Morel before, who has encouraged Eugenia before, who has encouraged Sierra before. And sometimes we have to go past our flesh and channel that inner encourager in us who have shown up for other people. And now we need to show up for ourselves. And I need that inner, I need that Rick, that I need that Claude that encourages myself, that encourages Sierra or Charmaine to come out and encourage me when I'm going through something. And Job's friend is saying here that I've seen you support people and I've seen you encourage people. I've seen you do this. I, Ma, I've seen people call you when, they, when they're in need or when they need to be encouraged and seen you encourage them. And there are going to be those times when, when you need to call on that spirit within you to encourage yourself. He says, doesn't your reverence for God give you confidence? Doesn't your reverence for God give you confidence? Doesn't your life of integrity give you hope? You have this reverence with God. You have this relationship with God. You know, you believe in sowing and reaping. You know that God will look out for his own. Doesn't that give you confidence? Doesn't that give you hope? He says, stop and think. Do the innocent die? When have the upright been destroyed? My experience shows that those who plant trouble and cultivate evil will harvest the same. He's saying that you haven't planted anything evil. You're not going to, you're not going to harvest that. He says my, uh, uh, verse nine, he says a breath from God destroys them and they vanish in a blast of his anger. The lions roar and the wildcat snarls, but the treat, the teeth of the strong lions will be broken. The fierce lion will starve for lack of prey and the cub and the lioness uh, will be scattered. We're moving on to uh, verse 12. He says, the truth was given to me in secret as though whispered in my ear. It came to me in a disturbing vision at night when people are in a deep sleep. Fear gripped me and my bones trembled. A spirit swept past my face and my hair stood on end. Now he's talking about something that he's seen. This is his friend still speaking, right? Verse 16, the spirit stopped and I couldn't see its shape. There was a form before my eyes. In the silence, I heard a voice say, can a mortal be innocent before God? 
Can anyone be pure before the creator? If God does not trust his own angels and has charged his messengers with foolishness, how much less will he trust his people made of clay? They are made of dust, crushed as easily as the moth. Watch this. They are alive in the morning, but dead by the evening, gone forever without a trace. Their tent cords are pulled and their tent collapses and they die in ignorance. Okay. And so we see all this coming from his friend and watch this. His friend goes on. We're going to read through chapter five. Uh, Maybe we'll get through chapter six, but watch this. Here we go. He continues, cry for help, but will anyone answer you? Which of the angels will help you? Surely resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. I have seen the fools. um, uh, I have seen that fools may be successful. Watch this for the moment, but then comes sudden uh, disaster. Their children are abandoned far from help. They are crushed in court with no one to defend them. The hungry uh, devour their harvest, even when it is guarded by, guarded by brambles. Watch this. The thirsty plant after their wealth, but evil does not spring from the soil and trouble does not sprout from the earth. People are born for trouble as readily as sparks fly up, uh, up from a fire. If I were you, I would go to God and present to him my case. Now, here's the friend telling me, if I were you. Okay, so we got the whole if I were you thing. Now, watch this. He does great things uh, uh, to marvelous. Uh, he does he does great things too marvelous to understand. He performs countless miracles. Watch this. He gives rain for the earth and water for the fields. I love this. He gives prosperity to the poor. We're talking about God now and protects those who suffer. I'm gonna read that again. Verse 11. He gives prosperity to the poor. Watch this and protects those who suffers. He frustrates the plans of schemers. So the works of their hands will not succeed. Listen, it is so funny that sometimes and I grew up in a church where sometimes we would, we would sit there and we would pray against misdirected prayers as if God is going to hear somebody's prayer. Who's praying against something for me. No, no, no. The Bible says that he frustrates the plans of the schemers, right? And that, and so that their cunning schemes are thwarted, right? And so that the work of their hands will not succeed. I don't have to worry about the hands of anybody plotting against me or anybody in my, against my family succeeding. Say what you want, make it look like how you want. It's fine with me. I don't have to worry about the success of that because it is God who frustrates the plan of schemers, right? So that the work of their hand will not succeed. He traps the wise in their own cleverness. That Listen, he, I see you see here. He traps the wise in their own cleverness. Too wise for your own good so that their cunning schemes are thwarted, right? They find it is dark in the uh, in the daytime and they grope at noon as if it was night. That, 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 that they're trapped in their own cleverness. They're trying to do these schemes and all it does is get them caught up. They're walking around and can't see even though it's daytime. <laughs> Watch this, verse 15. He rescues the poor from the cunning word, cutting words of the strong and, refuse, and rescues them from the clutches of the powerful. Uh, and so at last the poor have hope and the snapping jaws of the wicked are shut. Watch this, but consider the joy of those who are corrected by God. Now here's where we're going to see Job get a little bit frustrated with his friend because he's saying as if Job is being corrected right now, right? He says, but consider the joy of those corrected by God. Now, even though he's directing this to Job, let us actually, yes, consider the joy of what it means to be corrected by God. The Bible says that he corrects his own children. And so when we get corrected, even though it may hurt, even though we may be frustrated, even though we may be sad about it, we've got to remember that we are corrected because we are his children, okay? So he says, uh, consider the joy of those corrected by God. Do not despise the discipline of the almighty when you sin. So here, this is see, this is where Job gets, gets a little upset. And we'll talk a little bit about why he got upset um, or possible reasons why he got upset. Uh, in chapter six. 
It says, but uh, do not despise the discipline of the Almighty when you sin. Watch this. I love this verse 18. For though he wounds, he also bandages. That while he corrects, he also heals. Come on, y'all. It says, he strikes, but his hand also heals. I'm going to read that again. He says, for though he wounds, he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heals. From six disasters, he will rescue you. Even in the seventh, he will keep you from evil. That listen, that no matter how many things come your way, sometimes we sit here and say, well, how many times I got to go through this, Lord? Or how many bad things are going to come my way? He is saying that even though you've been through six disasters, he will rescue you in the seventh, okay? That, that, that forget how many I got to go through. I just know that no matter how many I go through, he will rescue me through all of them. From six disasters, he will rescue you. Even the seventh, he will keep you from evil. Doesn't matter how many I go through, he will rescue me What from all. Verse 20, he will save you from death in time of famine, from the power of the sword in time of war. Even in times of lack, he will save me from that. In times of struggle and of war, he will save me from that. Watch this, verse 21, you will be safe, you will be safe from slander and have no fear when destruction comes. Watch this, you will laugh at destruction and famine. Wild animals will not terrify you. Listen, in the face of destruction where everyone else is panicking. This is something that Charles says all the time. In the face of destruction where everyone else is panicking, no one else knows what to do. In the time of famine, it says you will laugh at destruction and you will laugh at famine, not because I've got it all under control, but because God has it all under control. And we just saw that what, what that six disasters will come. He'll rescue me from the seventh one. Watch this. You will be at peace with the stones of the field and its wild animals will be at peace with you. You will know that your home is safe. When you survey your, uh, uh, your possessions, nothing will be missing. Come on, somebody. When you survey your possessions, nothing will be missing. You will have many children. Your descendants will be as plentiful as the grass. You will go uh, to the grape uh, at a ripe old age. I'm sorry, go to the grave. I saw a grape. You will go to the grave <laughs> at a ripe old age, like a sheaf of grain harvested at what? At the proper time. God, we're talking about the God that protects. He says, we have studied life and found all this to be true. Listen to my counsel and apply it to yourself. He is telling him all these things, but there's something in there where he's telling them that, listen, it is okay to be corrected and all this kind of stuff. Go to God and plead your case. And that's what Job has an issue with. And so we'll stop right there with chapter six. We'll come back next week. We'll probably do chapter six, maybe six and seven. uh, And then we'll do prayer um, and we'll do communion.